people. Hello, hello. I go by the name of Shiv. And I'm Shay, and this is the Shiv and Shay podcast. We hope you enjoyed the last episode and where we touched on um, trauma and not invalidating the trauma that you have gone through. But I really enjoyed the last one. Did you enjoy it, Shay? Definitely did. To be honest, I've enjoyed every single one of our podcast topics. Um, but if you have any suggestions, please just um, send them in. You can contact us on Insta, email, YouTube, wherever. So today we're going to be talking on racial justice. Um, but Shay, when you hear the words racial justice, what comes to your head? It can be absolutely anything. When I think of racial justice, the first person that pops into my mind very stereotypical but it's um martin luther king and i think what he stood for how he gathered people together to bring racial justice in the us but also over here uh really plays a part in who we are and how we mix today yeah i I think for me especially with what's gone on in the last two years finding that the topic racial justice isn't just like a tick box event yeah. like to say okay we've covered racial justice done it now tick and that's it i think there's so much more to it um, and i guess that's why we're going to be touching on it today yeah and today obviously us talking about it might be a bit boring but we have a special guest with us today Ooh. his name is ore so let's welcome ore to the podcast hey <laughs> He's like, hey, hi there. It's me. It's me, Ore. <laughs> so, um, Ore, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? How do we know you? What are you doing here on the podcast? Cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm Ore. I am the uh, youth and young adults pastor mm-hmm. at uh, City Gates Church, which is how I know Shiv and Shay. You still work with Shay. Still work with Shiv. Yay! Um, <laughs> what? What else did you ask? Um, like, what do you do? Aside from church stuff, um, nothing. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> the computer. Nothing. Well, I mean, there's so much more to you, Ore. Like, I know you're the youth pastor and you do young adults, but also, like, you know, you're very passionate about. I think music as well. You yeah. sing. He's a he's an avid singer. He's gonna sing for us today, guys. No, I'm retired. He's retired. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays like every instrument under the sun, but. Generally speaking, like Ore is fantastic. I know he says that he met me through City Gates, but I actually knew Ore beforehand. I think you've forgotten. So I think we first met, I don't know, in Newcastle? Not in Newcastle, after no, Newcastle. No, it was in London. In London, but I yeah. met Amy, your wife, yeah. beforehand. Um, but met Ore before uh, before everybody else. Um, but Ore seems to think that <laughs> Shay and I only befriended him because... He, he needed someone to fill the gap of youth pastor. Because it's true. <laughs> it, see, it wasn't true. <laughs> you know, Shiv's actual real reason of going to meet you is because she knew that you was getting married to Amy. She was mm-hmm. like, who's this guy marrying my friend's friend? Mm-hmm. Or my friend. <laughs> so my friend's friend. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we, we spoke to you. And also, we just wanted to get to know you because we're a part of the Enum family. Oh, okay. So youth workers together, oh, you know? Right. Okay. Literally. I, so, I believe that once, but... <laughs> he said once but never but you're now. here now we're friends you know yes, we're friends now we're real yeah. friends now. real it. friends friends so we're glad to have you on today so all right what we normally do is we introduce um the podcast and then we go into a game um and we want to play a bit of a different game this time we normally do this or that 
and usually it ends with plantain or plantain don't answer that but it's <laughs> only one answer oh dear <laughs> <laughs> but today we're gonna play 21 mm-hmm. shay how do we play 21 so as a child we all would have played this it's also called true for dares but we've got no dares we've got to just do a forfeit so where whoever's taking part will count up to 21 mm-hmm. individually you can only say three numbers so one two three and so on and so forth whoever lands on 21 has to do the forfeit now this forfeit is going to be interesting because we are on a podcast but we may record it so you can actually see it on our instagram yeah okay so uh like Shay said you can say three numbers or you can say less than three so you can say one one two one two three okay does one, everyone two, get three, it four. we do get it yeah, yeah okay um how do we decide who goes first okay. rock paper scissors so we're gonna do rock paper and scissors and then we're gonna describe that you can't see us so are you ready you're, to see you're who's gonna gold. go first so it's rock paper scissors shoot okay yeah ready? so shoot is when you go yeah okay cool three two one rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. shoot so that means shay's first no i won oh yeah yeah i'm first i'm first okay yeah, yeah. so go shay me or if all right, cool. So, Shay, over to you. Whoever lands on 21's got a forfeit. Yes. No, stop trying to work <laughs> it out. So, guys, what Shay's doing, she's counting. She's trying to count ahead to see if she will land on 21. Come on. There's a f- Just come on. One, two, three. Four, five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine, ten. Eleven, twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. You're an idiot. <laughs> 15. <laughs> 16. 17. 18. 19. 20. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually out of order. You're actually out of order. Say it. Okay, 21. so 21. the lovely Shay has got 21. Pause. Did you not plan this? No. I feel like you did. No, no, no. It's fine. Let me just all lose up. So <laughs> Shay has got a forfeit. If you guys can think of what the forfeit will be, I think that'll be interesting. And we'll record it live and we'll post it up on the Instagram. I'm allergic to nuts. And she's I'm allergic to nuts. Lactose intolerant. And so she's lactose no intolerant. No cheese, no nuts. You're out of order. <laughs> I really feel like you planned this. Mm-mm. No. Mm. All right, cool. So getting into today's topic. All right. On the topic of race, racism, prejudice, that kind of stuff, can you tell us a bit about your experience growing up? Because obviously, well, these lot might not know, but you didn't grow up in London. So can you tell us a bit about like your experience? What was primary, secondary school like? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a place called Stoke-on-Trent, mm-hmm. uh, which is like somewhere between Manchester and Birmingham, like an hour either side. It's just not a very diverse city. Like I grew up, uh, going to a school that was um, predominantly white um, but had a lot of, of Asian people so um, we had some shared experiences there um, but then when I was about seven I uh, moved to um, a school where um, I was literally the only person of colour in the whole school mm. um, and I obviously had um, experiences of racism before moving schools um, but when I moved to that school, then that's when, yeah, it just became a lot more um, frequent um, and I guess in, it was just intensified, I guess. Mm. Um, so, for example, um, when I moved to school, it was like two-form entry and my class, um, they wouldn't let me play football with them mm. um, because, quote, 
my skin looked like poo. Uh, so I had to play football with the other class. But even then it was, yeah, it's still just that kind of sense of, of rejection. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was talking to you guys earlier about just stuff like um, teachers um, would often say to me things like, oh, like you're, you're really, you, you're really clever. They'd say I was really clever, but like, it just took me like such a long time um, to get work done. Mm. Um, but like looking back on it now, I kind of question like it, like no wonder it took me so, so long to get work done. Mm. Cause I was, I was trying to, I was dealing with so much mm. racial trauma yeah. whilst just like, and it wasn't being addressed or dealt with. And then I'm just, having to like get on with school work as, as normal mm-hmm. um and yeah and then even going into going into um secondary school um again like uh, secondary school was a little better because i wasn't the only person of color but for a long time i was the only um black person mm-hmm. and so um yeah like it yeah it just wasn't wasn't easy just a lot of of um a lot of racial trauma mm. um even even sometimes fr- from teachers as well microaggressions from teachers and then mm. um when it gets reported then the the people you report it to are like questioning like oh are you, are you sure that's what really happened because this mm. is a really serious thing to say mm. um and then like again just looking back like why why was i in the bottom set for english but came out with a B in GCSE. Mm. Like, why was I not in the top set for maths, but came out with an A star? Mm. Like, just just different things like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot I could say. Mm. But, mm. Uh, um, yeah, but, like, we could be here for hours oh, talking wow. about about some of the stuff. But wow. I guess that just gives it a little bit of, a, yeah. of an idea. Thank you for, like, sharing and just giving context as well, because... Like, I think for Shay and I, obviously growing up in London, our experience of um, primary school and secondary school would be very different to yours. I know Mm. Shay and I went to different schools, but the school that I went to, I was surrounded by people of all different races. So I grew up in a very, like, multicultural environment. So we didn't really experience um, the same sort of, well, didn't experience the same things that you went through. Um, that's not to say I didn't experience racism, but it, the way I think it was addressed was very different. So where you shared about, um, you know, a teacher kind of saying, are you sure that's that's what was said? Because this is very serious. In my primary school, any encounter that I had that felt racist or I felt like I was being, you know, um, treated differently, the teacher would take my side essentially and and i don't know if shay if you've had any sort of experiences in school or college or wherever of like racism at all um not so much in school when when i was a teenager i lived in uh, in chimford mm. little white estate I, and there were on my estate there was only five black families mm. so there was racism like people calling me the m-word and you guys are different there was a lot of segregation um and i i just think for me, it was just a part of life. There, there wasn't anything like you just adapt to your situation as opposed mm. to this affected me. I don't, I didn't really think about it. I yeah. think we noticed growing up the time that we noticed the differences between cultures, quote unquote, was when we read Of Mice and Men. Mm. And there's obviously in the book, 
because of the time there was the N word and stuff like that, and mm. it was that's when our class separated, and mm. also when we watched Roots in Year mm. Eight, and it was the same sort of thing where we was like, oh, we're black, we must stick together. They were they stick together, mm. um, but that's really it. That nothing has really come yeah. of that. If that makes sense, and that's quite. That to me is quite eye opening, like what you shared, Ore, and what Shay shared, and like my own experiences. Because, um, similarly to you, Ore, my husband Dwayne grew up in like Bedfordshire, and they were like proper in the village. <laughs> like when I go up there, it's amazing. It's nice to be there. Feel like I'm outside of London. It's it's wonderful. Oh, wow. But yeah, I'm outside of London. It's beautiful. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice to be around all all these people that don't look like me. But. <laughs> He went to a school and he was the only black child there. And then, you know, for a number of years until his sister came um, and he experienced racism as well. So coming and moving into London, the experience was totally different, especially coming into a church like City Gates where you look left and you look right and there's someone who looks like you in fact you can sit in a service and find out that your cousin's there which literally happened yeah. to Dwayne <laughs> Dwayne literally came here from Luton and he looked up and he's like oh my gosh that's my cousin and his cousin <laughs> comes to this church um, but I wanted to ask Ore like compared to um, life in sort of Stoke-on-Trent um, and being in London have you experienced any like racism at all Any anything that kind of reminds you of what you went through as a, a child? Mm. Um, I actually can't think of a time I've experienced racism since moving here. Mm. Like, um, I, I have, like, online and stuff, but mm. in terms of, yeah. like, people, like, in, like, face-to-face, mm. like, I can't even really, um, I can't even really think of a time where there's been like a microaggression or any, anything mm. and 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 that's not to say obviously not to say there's no racism in mm. london <laughs> um, but i think i think it's now i think because obviously working in a church that's predominantly black mm. i spend a, a lot of my time either with um, black people or mm. with um, yeah people who are culturally aware yeah. if they're not black yeah. Um, so yeah so i Maybe I have just without realizing it, but I mm. can't. I can't think of a time when I have since moving here. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's even just like comparatively. Um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I can't. Could, I can't think of a time. It could be different, isn't it? Yeah. Because what sometimes you hear people say, like overt racism and covert. That's the other word, isn't it? Mm. Covert racism. So sometimes the racism is very much in your face being called you know a derogatory term mm. and other times it's actually their person's actions or yeah. you know crossing the road when they see you or saying oh i didn't i didn't know your kind did that you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. like things like that so right. yeah like i just yeah just never i mean there's been so there's been times like i still for example um like there was a time when um like recently um like late at night um my wife amy and i we went out she went to the corner shop to grab some stuff and i went um to pick us up some hot chocolates um and i like was waiting for her like just to come out of the shop mm. but i was like standing in the street and i had my hood up as well and i was wearing a cap and i like just all of a sudden just felt like really anxious like uh mm. like uh, i don't know what people are gonna think a yeah. black guy um but that's that was more my own um, anxiety yeah. based off racial trauma as opposed yeah. to 
actually experiencing the, yeah. the, the microaggression of someone like crossing the road or yeah, yeah. like asking me what I'm doing now yeah. or anything like that. Mm. I, I think that's really interesting because a lot of the times when we talk about racial justice, we always talk about what other people do in perceptions, but sometimes we never look at our own prejudice and so on and so forth. Mm. And I think it's interesting because quite often, I think especially in the world that we work of that we work in and the people that we reach, we do a lot of code switching and mm. we're always always have to be aware of is what I'm wearing reflecting something that's negative or yeah. how I'm speaking does it portray something and it's, yeah it's just a random thought mm. but <laughs> let me ask you a question <laughs> you mentioned as you were sharing your story earlier uh, that you was the only black child or person of colour in your in your primary school and secondary school for a period of time how did that shape you? I don't I don't know if um, being the only black person or, or person of colour um, in and of itself shaped me. I think mm. it's more the the racial trauma that came with that. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like if, if I had been the only black person, only person of colour, and not experienced any racism, mm. uh, yeah, m- yeah, maybe it would have. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. It yeah. would it would have to the same extent, yeah. yeah. Just like some obvious things, like there was a period of time when I was in primary school where I remember wishing that I wasn't black, like mm. I desperately wanted not to be black, yeah. um, like I like just desperately wanted to be white because most of my experience outside of the home mm. of being a black person was that black is is bad, like yeah. it's it's a negative thing. Yeah. Um, like it wasn't en- like didn't matter like how good I was at school didn't matter how well I behaved didn't matter how well I performed academically it was just constantly being re- re- reinforced that mm. black is bad yeah. mm. um, that black is is worthless that it's undesirable that it's not something that we want to be around mm. um, and so yeah just desperately black desperately wanted not to be not to be black mm-hmm. That's not the no, that's not the case anymore. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> th- thankfully that that wasn't a long-lived period yeah. of time. Um, but I think that has um, kind of, um, I guess, even to some extent, to, to to this day, I have to kind of be aware of of things like um, people pleasing or wanting to prove myself or those mm. kinds of things. And I, and I guess part of that is a result of of that experience from from school but yeah other than that I think on the flip side one one positive that's come out of that is that I think that I uh, I don't know how else to word it other than being able to say I think I can I can walk in both worlds yeah like I I think I can relate to black British culture relate to African culture particularly Nigerian Yoruba culture and but also like can relate to um, the white white community as well, like mm. um, even the, there was something that came up um, recently um, where something was was said um, uh, publicly, um, and it was just it just was not good or, or helpful mm. in terms of bringing um, racial reconciliation and unity, mm. um, and the way a lot of people reacted was quite like oh how can the, that person say what they said and mm. or that kind of thing and 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 it's complete like 
completely get where they're coming from because mm-hmm. like because it, it was wild what, <laughs> what, was, what was said was wild like what like what is going through your mind to say that yeah. but actually on the flip side of that like i kind of understand like mm. the way people can be conditioned to think yeah. just by their environment and, and mm. things like that i can understand how someone can come to the conclusion mm. why they would think that's okay it's not okay mm. but i can understand how, how we got there and understand actually there's a need for education there as yeah, opposed to as opposed to um, kind of punishment or, or something like that what needs to happen yeah. is you need to unlearn all of those Definitely. those those un- unhelpful things and I think being in that environment where where like I'm not just like I really am a minority as opposed mm. to having loads of people who, who look like me and share my experiences mm. like being in that space I think has helped me to be able to kind of walk in in both worlds and and actually like more more recent years have quite a lot of conversations with with mm. white people about um about this stuff and just just really help them to understand like how we got to this point mm. um and what needs to happen for us to to, to to move forward in a, in a helpful direction Amazing. that's solid thank you for sharing like i just want to touch on something that you you shared about that experience you had when you were younger where you say like i you didn't like the color of your skin and you wanted to be white mm. like i feel like growing up black in our generation maybe loads of people think but i for yeah. one have definitely experienced that like all my dolls were white mm. and they had straight hair and then so when like brat dolls came out some of you guys might not know about brat dolls but when brat dolls came out they had big lids and voluptuous bodies you know <laughs> <laughs> but then they had straight hair still so i remember saying to my mum like i really want to i want to look like this i want to look like that but then it was when I got to around 10, that's when I started to kind of learn to love the skin I was in. Not completely, because I was like, right, this is this is how I look. I can't change this, but I want my hair to be straight like this one. And then going through the whole, like, learning to love your hair type thing, yeah. going through relaxers. Relaxers did not agree with me. So I was pretty much bold from year seven to year nine. <laughs> so I think that's very much part of the black experience growing up wherever you're in London or wherever you're up north we've all had that sort of identity crisis and we felt like we wanted to be someone else and but I guess the way of the world now we're now celebrating you know black is beautiful doesn't matter what shade of black you are doesn't matter how much melanin you have just learning to love and accept um who you are um so yeah thank you for sharing um and I guess also I would love to you know find out a little bit more about you know you as a married man <laughs> in a interracial relationship you know what has that looked like um yeah. in the time you've been married like tell us a little bit about like mm. amy um, and then also if you can talk to me about like in the last two years 2020 with what's gone on with you know george floyd and you know just police brutality what it's looked like um in an interracial relationship um navigating through racial injustice mm. to be fair i think to to be able to speak honestly about our relationship i, I probably have to go back before mm. we were married so mm. when we were like dating in a relationship and i guess the first thing to say is as you guys know you know amy mm. she's she's amazing yes. she's yeah. Um, if you're listening, aim shout out to you. Oh, um, <laughs> love is you. It's easy because you're beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, like to begin with, it wasn't like easy because to be fair, not a lot of stuff, but just stuff I kind of had to talk through. 
um, but Amy was and is just really good at just listening mm. and like just being open to, to learning and I think that's been key really like yeah. she's yeah just been kind of like do you know what like I don't get this I don't get your experience I've not been through it and so like I'm I'm willing to listen willing to learn yeah. um, and I think that's been key like I was talking to some guys the the um the other week and they were asking me about this and I, I basically said the same thing and then mm. uh, th- they were like oh so she's an ally I was like well she has to be she's got no choice she's married to you yeah, yeah so. but no no on on a real day she's she's actually she's actually great like mm. to the point where like I don't have to go to her and be like oh that thing that was that you're telling me was said at work mm. it's not okay like mm. she's coming back and saying this was said at work and yeah. i challenged it yeah. um and and that that kind of thing and so and then even like with the whole george floyd thing like i like mm. i that was that was an emotional time yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but she was just really supportive yeah, in that like definitely um just like um not pushing me to talk but when mm. I needed to talk she was there to listen yeah. um, and yeah just yeah she's she's just Amy she's great she is and I even thinking back to that that period actually mm. um, obviously us as, as black people we had a shared experience but actually having friends like Amy yeah. who would sit down and be like are you okay Shay mm. this isn't right and asking the right questions yeah. and I think for us as Christians, as well as, as black people, it's the first time my voice was, for me, really felt heard. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think she was just great in that. Definitely. I've got a question. We, we've spoken a lot about our experience, well, your experience and stuff like that, but we're all Christians. What does the Bible say about race? Mm. Um, do you have anything to share about that? I have a lot to share about that. <laughs> Come on, Pastor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take notes, honestly, <laughs> guys. Um, so I guess this is a journey that I feel like I'm still on. When the whole um, George Floyd's murder and all of that mm. happened, um, I think, like most people, I initially my response was completely emotional because mm. um, just the the scale of it just brought back every emotion, like racial yeah. trauma, yeah. like right back to the surface. Yeah. And so it was like, yeah, it was just. Um, stressful and emotional mm. and I was responding out of that like I even remember um, yeah. like posting things on um, on social media mm. um, like being like oh you guys you're not talking about this enough mm. and blah, blah, blah. but it was all it was all out of all out of emotion and yeah. so I got to the point where I was like do you know what I actually I want to know what God has to say about this but more than this because because um, I, I, what I don't want is just these random Bible verses about yeah. justice and then being like, see, God cares about justice. Like, <laughs> what does the gospel yeah. have to do with this? What does the cross of Jesus That's have right. to do with this issue? Um, and so what I discovered was that the gospel actually answers like all of the questions about racial yeah. justice. It tells us what racial justice is, yeah. what what racial injustice is. Mm-hmm. It tells us why racial injustice is wrong, mm-hmm. why it exists, right. what the solution is, yeah. what we should do about it, and what hope we have for the, right. for the future as well. Um, 
and so and, and what I mean by the gospel so the gospel of course is um, that that Jesus died on the cross mm. and rose again to save sinners so that we could have forgiveness if we put our if we repent of our sin and put our faith in, in Jesus that we're, we're saved mm. um, but th- but the thing is that is the gospel mm. but when the um, the um, apostles were preaching that gospel that just about the death and resurrection of Jesus, they're preaching it to people who have context for the death and resurrection yeah. of Jesus. Mm. And so the context for the death and res- resurrection of Jesus, um, to get that, we actually need to know the full story of the Bible. We need mm. to start in Genesis. Mm. We need to see the gospel as this, not this f- just a set of facts or beliefs, yeah. but a story that begins in Genesis and ends in Revelation that we're invited mm. to join in with. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and when we look at the gospel that way, that's when it gives us all these the answers for, mm. for racial justice. So I'll try and keep this as as short as possible because there's actually so much <laughs> that could be said. It's all good. Um, but we're told in the beginning, the, the first sentence of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm. Right, that tells us so much about God most importantly that one not only is he the creator but because he's the creator he is the true and rightful ruler and king over all of creation and as the rightful ruler and king over all of creation he chooses to make human beings in his image Genesis 1 26 to 27 and that has a whole load of connotation um, but for the purposes of, of speaking on racial justice if all human beings are made in the image of God, that means all human beings are inherently worthy of dignity. Yeah. So regardless of, of gender, of sexuality, yeah. of, of social class, yeah. of whether you're able-bodied mm. or you have a disability, yeah. regardless of your ethnicity or your race, mm-hmm. all human beings are, are inherently worthy of dignity. Yeah. And so to strip a human being of their dignity is offensive to God. It's an offense against God and should be offensive to us. So that's why racial injustice is wrong because it strips, racism strips human beings made in the image of God of their dignity. And I've had a a little bit of pushback on that. Like people say that I'm overcomplicating things um, and that it's like, we should just say racism is hate and just keep it at that. But the problem is like, you, you guys have had random people just touch your hair, right? Oh! Mm-hmm. Don't right? touch my hair. <laughs> <Exactly>. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know a single person who has ever touched my hair because they hate me. Mm. Oh! I just don't. Like, I, I, most people, it, it's the opposite. They mm. touch my hair not because they hate me, but because they feel like they love me. Mm. Um, at worst, they're, they're curious, yeah. but they, they don't hate. But to touch my hair without my permission is to treat me like an animal yeah. or an object yeah. and to strip me of my dignity, yeah. which is an offense against God yeah. because I'm a human being made in the image of God. That's deep. Right? Yeah. So, so that's that, 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 just that alone, mm. human beings being made in the image of God, it gives us um, a, a, a definition for, right. for racial injustice. Yeah. And it, it gives us a reason for why it's wrong. Mm. But why does it exist? Yes, white supremacy, but why does white supremacy exist? Mm. If God is the rightful ruler of, of all of creation mm. and human beings, he, as the rightful ruler, has made human beings in his image, 
then how can racism exist? Well, mm-hmm. it's because in Genesis 3, we're told that humanity rebelled against God as the rightful ruler of, of all of creation, turned away from him, mm. um, and chose to go their own way. Yeah. And that's what the Bible calls sin. Mm. Sin separates us from God, and it, and it separates us from, it damages our relationships with each other. Um, and that's, that's why um, racial injustice, or that's why any injustice, um, exists. Mm. Yes, white supremacy, and we have to address white supremacy, mm. has to be addressed. But if we address white supremacy without addressing the issue of sin, then racism will never be yeah. dealt with. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so I just want to read this this passage from Isaiah at 59. Let me read from, from verse 12 uh, to the first half of 14. It says, as I, the prophet, says this, for our offences are many in your sight mm. and our sins testify against us. Our offences are ever with us and we acknowledge our iniquity, mm. rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Wow. And so what Isaiah is saying here is that because we've turned away from God, Mm. there's no justice. Mm. It's because humanity has turned away from God that racial injustice Mm. exists. Mm. So yes, we have to address white supremacy, but we first have to deal with sin. Mm. And sin is the reason why no human um, uh, idea or ideology, no human intentions or goodwill Mm. will ever deal with will ever deal with racial injustice Mm. because um, the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. Everyone is is guilty of sin. And so any human idea or anything like that is too easily corrupted by sin to do Mm. any good, Mm. which means we actually need someone or something to come and deal with sin before racial injustice can be dealt with. Mm. And that's where Jesus comes in. Mm. Before we talk about how Jesus deals with, injustice Mm. we first have to define what is justice what are we talking about Mm, when we are when we're fighting for justice when we're saying no justice no peace what 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 do we mean by justice because there are actually lots of different types of justice for example meritocratic justice Mm. that's a justice that says um you get what you deserve um so for example if after recording this podcast i was to go and rob a bank Mm-hmm. meritocratic justice would be I would go to prison mm-hmm. I get what I deserve yeah. um, if you were to work all week uh, and then your boss decides actually you're not going to get paid hey. that's, <laughs> that's injustice yeah. because you deserve, to, you deserve to be paid for the work that you've mm-hmm. done so that's meritocratic justice then there's distributive justice this is the idea that, um, that of equal distribution of resources like wealth or power or opportunities or healthcare, different things like that. Um, or there's libertarian justice, which is the idea of having free um, um, will, like mm. my, my individual freedom mm. needs to be protected. Mm. So for example, when France tried to ban the hijab, mm. according to libertarian justice, that would be unjust. Mm. The problem is, that's, that's only three types of justice, right? Mm. There's more, but the problem is, um, often when it's time to carry out justice 
the different types of justice they clash mm. they can't you can't they can't happen simultaneously yeah. so when that happens you, what you have to decide is what's the priority which type of justice is the priority mm. um, for Jesus mm. the priority is something called restorative justice mm. which is where um, relationships and dignity are restored mm. through reparations yeah. relationships and dignity are restored through reparations mm. and you see that throughout all of his his life and mm -hmm. his teachings so he um he goes around and restores dignity mm. to people who've been stripped of it by society he yeah. eats and drinks with sinners and yeah. tax collectors and prostitutes yeah. who've all been disregarded by society he he heals lepers mm. by touching them yeah. Yeah, yeah. when the society says, actually, they're not human enough for us to touch. Mm. Right. He calls um, those with privilege and power to use it to um, to, to benefit um, uh, those who, who've been stripped of dignity by society. When yeah. he's he's at he's at this like banquet with some Pharisees who are like the religious elite of the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and he says, when you throw a banquet, when you have a dinner party, mm. don't invite your friends and your family who yeah. are going to invite you back. Invite the lame that's and the right. poor yeah, and the, yeah, and the crippled right. and, the, and the beggars who, who won't be able to repay you. In other words, mm. don't even just like give to, don't even just donate to them. Mm. Like restore relationship that society and has, yeah. has stripped from them. Yeah. Restore dignity that society has stripped from them by, make, by having dinner with them. Yeah. Yeah. Even Zacchaeus, he transforms Zacchaeus's life, yeah. and and yeah. Zacchaeus is a tax collector who has been he spent his life being completely unjust, taking mm. more money from people than he should. Mm -hmm. And what does he do? When Jesus transforms his life, yeah. Zacchaeus performs restorative justice. He's yeah. like, I'm going to restore relationships by giving back four times as much as I've taken. Yeah. Um, he Jesus teaches about. To, to, he teaches us to forgive those who, who've hurt us. He mm. teaches um, to, to, to love our enemies. All of this is mm. restorative justice. But Jesus doesn't just teach about restorative justice. Yeah. He executes the ultimate act of restorative justice on wow. the cross. That's it. Yeah. So the sin that we spoke about, that's the whole, the root of, of all of this uh, racial injustice, it doesn't just separate us from God, but mm. it, the Bible tells us that actually we deserve death because of it. Like mm. meritocratic justice says we deserve the wrath and judgment of God mm. resulting in death. But Jesus doesn't leave us to that fate. Mm. Instead, he makes reparations on our behalf through the cross, yeah, dying yeah. the death that we should have died, mm. taking upon himself the wrath and judgment of God. Mm. And he restores our dignity by taking us out of the dominion of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of light yeah. he restores our relationship with god mm. restorative justice mm. but if you read ephesians chapter 2 mm -hmm. the restorative justice that jesus performs isn't just between us and god but yeah. it's between people groups as yeah. well yeah yeah we're told that Jesus has removed the dividing wall of hostility. Mm. That's between Jews and Gentiles, but it's actually, in the passage, it's between Jews and Gentiles, mm -hmm. but it's actually between all people groups. Yeah. And so, actually, if you read Ephesians 2, it actually gives a really good uh, description of how Jesus does first restorative justice between us and God, and then yeah. between the people groups. Mm. And so through the cross, 
Jesus has, has executed the ultimate act of restorative justice. And for those of us who've put our faith in Jesus, who've repented of our sin, put our faith in him and chosen to follow him, he invites us to join him in his work of restorative justice. Um, beyond beyond racial injustice, there's yeah. gender equality, that's yeah. just making sure people are, are treated like human beings made that's in right. the image of God. This is the kingdom that he is building for himself, oh. where all the walls that have, the, all the barriers that are, are, are placed in our society to, mm. to tear them down. Yeah. That like, yes, like we should celebrate our, our blackness. We should celebrate our ethnicity. Mm. Um, but actually when I, when I face in Jesus, we can, we can do that. We can yeah. celebrate our, our ethnicity whilst actually being brothers and sisters yes, with, yes, with, yes, with yes. Our, our brothers and sisters from from Europe, from Asia, mm, from yes, from yes. South America, from from everywhere, yes. because Jesus has removed the dividing wall of hostility. Mm. And if you try to fight racial injustice, um, even once, um, you, you'll have experienced that actually sometimes it. Well, a lot of the time, it's it's long and it's exhausting, yeah. mm. um, and and it feels like sometimes nothing's ever going to change. Mm. But here's the hope that we have if we're followers of Jesus: mm. that Jesus is coming back, yeah. and He's going to make all things new, all things right, and restore all things. And we're given a picture of what His kingdom will look like yeah. when He restores all things in mm. in Revelation chapter seven, verse nine. Um, we're we're told. Um, John, who writes the book of Revelation, sees this this vision of of God's people, the the people who are following the Lamb, the army of the Lamb, mm-hmm. and um, he says that they are people from every tribe, yeah. pe- uh, people, tongue, nation. Yeah. You want me to read it? Yeah, go Come ahead. Come on, I got it up already. <laughs> go ahead. So Revelation seven nine, the great multitude in white robes. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And that's, and that right there is racial justice. Mm. Yeah. That right there is, okay. is, is, is racial equality. Wow. It, it's coming. Wow. <laughs> it's coming. And, and that's not to say that we should just sit back and wait for Jesus to come because mm-hmm. he's inviting us into action that's now. Right. Um, but what that does mean is that as we fight, like, we're not just like, oh, like, if if we don't do this perfectly, it's all going to fail. Like, mm. Jesus has already ex- yeah. executed justice on the cross. That's right. He's inviting us to join him, not in a losing battle, but in a battle that's already won. Wow. Yeah. And so that's our, our hope as we fight for, for racial racial justice mm-hmm. that it's coming jesus will bring it when he brings the kingdom oh, in all of its fullness amazing. and yeah that's that's what the gospel has to say wow. about racial justice <laughs> do you know what i love about this whole thing um actually which you the things that you won't see is actually already was not reading from notes but this was purely from his heart mm-hmm. and research and i think that's really amazing yeah. and just captivated me like i want to know more and i want to <laughs> research more Definitely. So please, I mean, you know, some podcasts. Yeah. Like, oh, no, pictures. honestly, Ori, we're, we're so grateful for you sharing Definitely. that and you 
it's definitely something that there's a reason why so many people have asked you to speak on it because it's not only your own experiences but actually your knowledge of yeah. the word and and the understanding of racial justice and what the gospel has to say about that um i've i will attach all of the scriptures that you've shared um and i love the fact that some of the scriptures you shared i already had on my notes so that is that is just god moving there but do you have any like book recommendations or like um anything that you can um share that you know that you'd recommend and i've got a few as well that i can share yeah cool um i guess um a go a go to for anyone who um i guess th- this is more um for if you want to start thinking about what um racial justice and racial equality could look like in your church mm-hmm. um two um really good books uh, one is uh, we need to talk about race mm-hmm. by ben Lindsay. Mm-hmm. you probably have heard of it a lot of people are, are reading it and it's because it's a really good book yeah. um but even even if you're um, a person of color, it's it's a I, I found it like a really helpful book as well, and it has um, like depending on like uh, yeah where you find yourself, whether you're white, whether you're a, uh, a person of color, whether you're a church leader, whether you're just a member of the congregation, even if you're not a person of faith, yeah. um, it's got um, some some questions for you to kind of think about after each chapter mm. as well, depending on on where you're at. Um, so that I think that's a really helpful book. Another one in terms of thinking through um, racial justice in the church is um, Crossing the Divide. Okay. I forget who it's by. Crossing the Divide by Owen Hilton. Yes, mm-hmm. by Owen Hilton. Yeah. Um, that is that is um, yeah, just another really helpful book in terms of just looking at what does diversity and inclusion look like yeah. um, in in the church. Those yeah. are those are two um, really helpful books and. If you want to look at, um, I, when I was talking before, I mentioned how um, we we have to deal with sin before we deal with white supremacy, but we do have to deal with white supremacy. Yeah. Um, a helpful book for starting to look at that, because I think one of the, the keys to dealing with white supremacy is having an honest look at history. Yeah. Um, and so a helpful book for that is um, The Whitewashing of Christianity by mm. Jerome Gay. That is, yeah, that's a really helpful book um, mm. in terms of just looking at how, um, yeah, just um, white supremacy mm. um, has used the Christian faith as a tool yeah. um, and how we can, I guess, kind of just undo that yeah. uh, and just well, just have an honest look at, at the history so that we can address white supremacy properly. Yeah, mm. good, good recommendations. As most people know, I work with kids, so I've got great kids resources and for like um young people as well so um one's called the image of god by andrew mcdonough and so it's like a children's book but it basically speaks about how we are created in the image of god and one thing i love about this is that the cartoons they are blackly black black so it's (laughs) nice (laughs) i know i know if i had this book growing up it would be great to see you know um a Christian resource with people who look like me and I've got loads at home as well so all my god children will be able to come over and see that they are created in the image of God um, another one is God's very good idea um, speaking of sort of about like identity and um, that's by Trillia Newbell um, another one is You Are Extraordinary um, by Craig and Samantha Johnson um, and then this one which is amazing this kind of came about 
in 2020 um, is called The Gospel in Colour. And this is by Curtis Woods and Jarvis J. Williams. Um, and I guess this resource kind of provides like a biblical lens of, you know, race, racism and um, racial reconciliation. And so there's actually like a, a version for young people to read and like a adult one for you to do like a devotional with like your child or youth group. Um, so yeah, those are my, my recommendations. You said the books that I was going to say. <laughs> of course. There's, there was only three books. So yeah, read guys. <laughs> so Ori, thank you so much for just what you've done. Yeah, we like you. to end our podcast with prayer. So would you like to pray for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are, for all that you've done. Lord, thank you that... Um, this uh, issue racial justice it matters to you Um, and thank you that you are um, the solution god i pray that you um, even just people uh, listening now i pray that you would just reveal yourself to us that we would know you more but um, also just empower us lord um, with your spirit and with your gospel um, to just make an impact in in the world Um, lord that where we see um where we see racial injustice, Lord, I pray that you would help us just to, to call it out um, in, in ways that, that glorify you, in ways that bring restorative justice. Um, God, I, I pray, um, yeah, just for the, the world right, right now, um, Lord, that where, wherever racial injustice is, would you just begin to shine your, your, your light on it, Lord. Um, I pray for, for anyone right now who who is experiencing racial trauma, racial injustice. I pray that you'd be their peace and their their comfort. Um, thank you that you see all that they're going through, that you're with them. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you're, you would just build your church, Lord, that um, it would be, uh, we, we would look more and more um, like that picture in, in Revelation 7, 9. That, that people um, from a people from every tribe and nation and language standing together in unity celebrating our, our different um, cultures and our, all our, all our differences and, and all just just um, bringing glory to you in Jesus name amen. amen amen all right thank you so so much it's been a blessing having you on um, and thank you guys for listening as well. Um, like we always say, we're on all major platforms. Spotify, SoundCloud. What's the other one? Apple Music. Apple Music. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Do people even use Google Podcasts? I mean, anyway, we're on all of those. Um, and our Instagram is at Shiv and Shade Podcast. So feel free to interact with us there. Send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. But this has been the Shiv and Shay podcast. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, and we'll see you. Well, we won't see you, but we'll hear from you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>